0: That's heritageradionetwork.org slash 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you.
1: Today's program is brought to you by Corin, supplier of Japanese chef knives and restaurant supplies. For more information, visit Corin.com.
2: This is Sherry Bayer from All in the Industry. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more.
3: Admit it. You're using all the miracles of modern technology not to launch the space shuttle, but to find a date. If that's you, this is your episode of Tech Bytes. Good morning, Heritage Radio Network listeners. This is Tech Bites. I'm Jennifer Leutze, your host, and I'm currently sitting in the backyard of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is the Heritage Radio Network studios. And I say that at the top of the show today on October 6, 2016, because I'm going to give a little shout-out public service announcement to anybody who might be coming or going from Bushwick on the L train Because the L train is kind of fucked up right now, and will be for the next few hours. So we had a little panic at the disco getting into the radio show today. Myself, my guest, Jacqueline Raposo from Love Bites Radio, and um, some other folks coming into the office. So the L train is not running. And if you're trying to get to Roberta's or somewhere like that in Bushwick, the really easy, great alternate subway route is to take the JMZ to Flushing and walk. It's about a 10-minute walk. It's very nice outside today. It's sunny and beautiful. So, you know, in the future, there's going to be a lot more L train disruption. So if you need to get to Roberta's, Heritage Radio, maybe the Bread Lab, maybe Swallow Cafe, JMZ to Flushing and walk. So now that we've finished our public service announcement, let's get down to business. Tech Bytes is the weekly heritage radio network show where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is the very important dating tech. Because let's be real, all the things technology can do, a lot of us, most of us, you, are using it to find dates and mate. what spurred, this art, what spurred this episode was an article that I read online called Six Dating Apps for Foodies, which is offensive in so many different ways. But let's just start with it, kind of piqued my curiosity about does such a thing exist? And in fact, it does. And to really road test it and see how relevant, smart, useful all these things are, I thought the only person to come in and vet all of this for us is the lovely Jacqueline Raposo, who is the co-host of Love Bites Radio, which is another wonderful heritage radio show. there on Mondays at 4 p.m. She co-hosts it with a guy named Ben Rosenblatt, who's pretty fun. And the two of them talk very candidly, sometimes uncomfortably so, for <laughs> listeners like me, about the... Trials, tribulations, perils, joys, and sorrows of being single in the modern age. So, Jacqueline, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> we do talk
2: rather candidly about, about dating and sex and, and the awkwardness of being in your, in your 30s and single in New York City and how fun that can be.
3: They also have lots of guests who share their personal uh, experiences also. And sometimes they're, I mean, it's one of those things. I laughed, I cried, I cringed. Um, Most of my family members don't listen anymore. I'll just put it that way. They just, yeah. There is definitely a different level of feels if you know the person or not. Because Mm -hmm. you've had some guests on the show, like Erin Fairbanks, the executive director of Heritage Radio, who we know and love. And she was on and she shared some stories. And I was like... Ooh. Yeah, and that's the, personal. But right. when it's somebody that I don't know, like the two women you had on recently who um, do uh, performance pieces around. Right, Social Jen media Janula and
2: Alison yeah. Goldberg. Um, they have a comedy show called Blogalogs, and they're the founders of the No Text Weekend because we are actually doing a four-part series yeah. on technology exactly. and dating right now. Exactly, right. Yeah.
3: perfect. It's, it's all, it's the master plan.
2: Yeah, well, the funny thing about Erin is is how many people, when you have a radio show about dating, um, how many people want to tell you about their dating lives? So that, having Erin on came from us having cocktails and her telling me this horror story and me sort of begging her to come on the show and share it again. <laughs> uh, What's the
3: percentage of people who want to tell their story publicly because it's one thing to be in a bar with drinks, telling a girlfriend and then making the leap to telling it. I think people end up listeners from 200 countries around the world. We're, we're a very, we're a much more sort of
2: listen to me sort of culture than we used to be. And so I think a lot of people have the instinct that they think it's cool. The idea of them coming on the show and they say that they'll say anything and then they actually get on the show and the story all of a sudden gets sort of whitewashed a little bit and gets a little bit um you know the pg version comes out on the show comparatively uh but and then some people just flat out say that they're not public uh, they're not public speakers about it that they feel very shy or they feel very uh just sometimes it's a shame factor and what we try to tell them is that ben and i it's a new thing for us too and my work as a food writer i it's not about me at all and it's not personal so this is a very new thing for me too and ben and i push ourselves and each other to be honest and vulnerable and so we're doing it both as just very self-reflected people and people who are pushing ourselves to be the best human beings we can possibly be so it's definitely a challenge for us as well it's not something that comes easy to either of us we're not very social people in that way. Um, so, but we figure if we can do it. It helps those around us open up. And then there are definitely like we've had actors on the show and they seem to be pretty okay with it. Versus somebody like my brother who came on a couple weeks ago for the bro show when I was out of the country and later on he we were texting and he's like, No, I'm never doing that again. That didn't feel very good. So
3: Well, a little bit later we'll have to get to the juxtaposition of I don't want to say that in public to I'm curating a social media presence and am mm. doing lots of other stuff in public. But I digress a little bit because typically what we do at the top of this show is we go around the shipping container and we talk about taking it all back to the apps. Apps that we like, apps that we love, apps that we're using right now. And we also have the opportunity to introduce everyone, including David Tatasori, who is our engineer and the studio manager at Heritage Radio. He's back in mission control. He makes the sound effects and makes the conversation into live radio
4: that's what i do hello
3: dave Hi. i never knew how to pronounce your last name until this very moment
4: As, actually it's pronounced Tadashure.
2: that still wasn't how i, I was pronouncing it like a, a pasta like tachatore i think probably in my that's, mind.
4: that's probably the old country pronunciation so in my that, mind that, that's valid <laughs> sorry jen
3: it's okay. It's okay. He can, be, he can be a pasta to you. Do you, When you look at him, is it like in the cartoons, you see like a bow tie pasta or like linguini? It's more like linguine. Linguini, <laughs> Something that makes me feel happy and comforted. Uh, okay. Are you avoiding carbs right now or no? I have celiac, so I can't eat okay, pasta. Okay, so David, stay in the booth. <laughs> stay in the booth. Stay away. <laughs> Do you have an app for us?
4: Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, apps that try to pair you with uh, your food preferences, uh, I just learned about this app, a travel app called Journey, spelled without an e, so or, sorry J O U R N Y. You sort of through this um, series of of like I don't know what you'd call it, like initial questions, like onboarding or whatever it it gets a sense of your likes and dislikes and um depending on where you're traveling it'll recommend different things um so you could say like you're interested mainly in restaurants or wine and it'll make suggestions for that and then also give you related suggestions maybe in other areas like nightlife or sightseeing whatever and it's actually uh an app that I'm not sure exactly what her involvement is, but a former HRN host, Leitee Sue, is uh, involved with them. Works for their company.
3: I believe she's part of the startup group that yeah, I think founded it. I think she's one of the founders, and oh, okay. her show was called Word of Mouth. And if you're curious you in go. checking that out, you can find it on HeritageRadioNetwork.org, where we just have a library of all the shows, current and past.
4: That's true. Maintained by me, mission control.
3: There you go, our librarian. (laughs) Jacqueline, do you have an app that you like? I have so many apps that I like. So I'm, I'm
2: debating if it should be like a writer reader type app or a chronic illness type app or a food person type app. Do you have a preference? I don't know,
3: Sybil, which one of you is coming to the show today?
2: (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I know you've talked about it on the show before, but Foodie, the photographer, the photography Mm -hmm. app. The P-H-O-O-D-I-E. No, no, just F-O-O-D-I-E, but it's a photography app. That one I use a lot and I try to share with people because it's just a really great one, even if you're not taking photos of food. That is definitely my favorite one. But I'm going to say this one just because I want more people to be friends with we me. We did an
3: episode yes, with Brooklyn, who's the founder. He's really fun. So interesting. And so that I just, DJ wanted, to, developer.
2: Sh- I just wanted to shout out to that one because I hate the word foodie. And Agreed. I've gone through so many different like f- photo editing apps. And that is the one that I tell everybody about and will never take off my phone. So um, I loved that episode. And I want to just sort of pump that one up as well. I
3: wonder if he's single. It's happening. Okay, I'm writing that down. I take notes during my shows and that's gonna be noted. Uh, Um but my other one are you listening?
2: My other one is Goodreads, which is just like it's like a bookshelf and you can friend people on it and um I read a lot of books and that's how I sort of track what I wanna read and you can give people recommendations through it, so if any listeners like to read a lot of books and or a word nerd like me it has nothing to do with food except i read a lot of food memoirs and so those are up there i read a lot of cookbooks and i put cookbooks up there too and it's a great thing to like review help writers and and memoirists for cookbooks and food books coming out so i would definitely i use it for that too so if you are on goodreads Jacqueline and Prozo, please friend me and we can check each other out
3: okay those are some good ones um I am going to call out from my app the first app I ever talked about, which is a beauty called Is the L Train Fucked? <laughs> and it's a very simple app. It's free. It pulls the Subway, MTA, UPI, and it's just the L Train logo. And you open it up, and it says, Is the L Train Fucked? And it either says, Yep, or Nope. So if we open it right now, it's going to say, Yep, and that's kind of all you really need to know. Um, So that's sort of real-time useful, see?
4: Wow. Can we we test it out on the air?
3: Yeah, it's totally working. (laughs) It's working. So that's just sort of a a real-time suggestion that people might find handy over the next day or two. But the other app that I was going to use is Stanley Tools, you know, the tools like home repair type tools. They have an app which is a leveler. And we are currently doing some small little organizational projects, wall shelf mounting, Shea Tech Bites. And because um, as we all know, living in New York City is the glamour of super tight organization. And you know what? It's only available on iPhone. And I'm assuming that's because it uses that. What's the word for it? Um, not ergonomic. Gyroscope. Gyroscope. Thank you uses the gyroscope feature on your phone and turns it into a leveler so you can make sure your shelves and whatnot are straight, which is kind of cool because then you don't need to buy one because it's free. They also have a host of other home renovation tools if you're into that kind of thing. Stanley Tools, pretty great. So on to the case at hand, using your tech to date and mate and Let's be real, that's what a lot of people are doing. Uh, the Pew Center for Research, if you're not familiar with them, they're based out of Washington, D.C., dot the org. They do oodles and oodles of research about all kinds of things, and they basically said that 15% of the population has been online dating, and that number's going up, and that one in five people who are online dating have asked someone else to help them with their profile. So you put those things together, combined with the gluten-free singles app, the veggie dating app, the supper, and the high-dine app. We need to do a uh, Love Bites, Tech Bites show. So here it is. So I'm just going to basically turn it over to Jacqueline. And uh, they're, as she mentioned, currently doing a bunch of episodes about tech and dating. What are the big takeaways that you have for us in terms of using online dating services, help with the profiles? Like if someone sat down and said to you, I'm an online dating mess, help me, what would you like your three-point makeover plan be? Well, I think the biggest takeaway that I've gotten from... We're we're just
2: starting our second year of the show, so it's 40-some-odd episodes, is that this is all relatively new still. We have... Decades and generations of mismanners etiquette for how we interact in real life We don't have that for something like online dating and so we're creating the culture as we build it And so there are all these different types of dating sites There are all these different types of apps and we're all using it in ways that we think we should be using it or To the means to the end that we want whether that's a hookup whether that's sex whether that's marriage whether that's um, infidelity, whether that's just because we need to get the satisfaction of somebody liking our face and our profile, and that's sort of going to be the end of it. And so there are like mounds of gray areas as far as what people are using all of these platforms for, and that causes a lot of mess, and it causes a lot of ambiguity, and it and depending on how we feel on any given day, it can make us want to wash our hands of it, which I have before. I did like 40 days of social media and, and uh, dating app fasting. and um, Or it can make us go like all in. Ben and I did an experiment where we sent a lot of online dating messages in a short period of time to track what happened. To be like, let's just really dedicate ourselves to messaging and to trying and to putting, you know, putting our, our money where our mouths are. And sometimes it matters, and sometimes it doesn't. So, what I would tell somebody is to figure out what you want going into whatever platform you're gonna go on. Whether that's a swiping app like Tinder or Hinge or Bumble or something a little bit more, uh, a little bit more involved like OkCupid or Match or eHarmony, figure out
3: what you want to do and start from there. So what you want, you're not talking about the type of person you ultimately hope to have, what you want, meaning what type of experience you want, yes. or end result, I just want a date, I yes. want to get married. Well, even, to, And even
2: what, what do you want the technology to, what place do you want it to take in your day? Is it something where you're going to be on the subway or the bus or in traffic and you're going to jump onto swipe faces because that's fun, and you're going to only take it that seriously, or is it something where once a day at the end of your day, you're going to go online and seriously be looking at profiles because you want the fun of it and the sort of to not take it that seriously or you want to really invest in finding somebody because there are going to be people out there doing that breadth of, of action with it. And if you're, if, I think if you're not clear about that, and that can change over time, but if you're not clear about that, the ambiguity is going to clash against other people's you know, actions and that's where it can get muddled and can be frustrating and can start making your feelings get hurt. Or are you accidentally hurting other people's feelings? Like it's sort of like the wild west of, of t- <laughs> online dating still right now. Um, and so like the clearer you go into it so that you can set up how you express yourself, your etiquette um, and how personally you take or do not take things. I just think that is going to make people not take it quite to heart or too seriously and that's just a good way of going into it from the beginning.
3: So like so much of the digital tech and the social media and the online, on one hand, you have something that is completely uh, for entertainment. It's very superficial. There are no consequences. It's just like fun. It could very well just be an animated game or you you you'd play it like that. Like, totally. oh, this is fun. Like I'm window shopping. I'm not going to buy anything. Pictures. It's just yeah. like looking at a magazine or something like that. So that's just really almost like a spectator entertainment capacity on one end. And then on the other end is the very serious, thoughtful, honest, looking for a concrete result. So almost like maybe looking for, you could compare it to looking for a job, where Mm -hmm. if you're serious about looking for a job, you're going to... Be thoughtful about your profile. You're going to create a resume. You're going to be diligent. You're going to look for things you actually want to do and a place you could actually do them for a pay scale that makes sense for you. So it's sort of you bounce in between gaming and something serious. And I don't, from the people we've
2: spoken with and Ben's and my personal experiences, I don't think either of those ways gives you better odds at finding a partner and living your happily ever after necessarily because you can swipe on a face go out on a date and you know have put very little time into it and the cosmos or whatever hormones whatever it is can align and you might actually eventually fall in love with a person in the same way that you might have if you saw them in a bar across the room or at a work function just you happen to be in the same space or on the opposite end of the spectrum you might have put two people might have put a lot of time into their profiles and met and developed something over time and fallen in love and successfully had a long-term relationship those i don't think success in a relationship necessarily is determined by one of those extremes over the other. But as far as how you feel throughout the process, I think just knowing what you want and being respectful to others as we build this culture is probably just the healthier way to go
3: about it. I'm captivated by the idea that, um, you know, maybe true love, fate, or destiny can supersede the algorithms like maybe you will find it on the swipe that's kind of amazing idea to think about because yeah. it, people are kind of investing faith in the algorithms mm. of like matching you to the you know ever expanding concentric circles of friends and acquaintances and interests and things like that Well, when i,
2: th- I th- ben and i have we've constantly debated the meaning behind the language or the definition of when we say things like fate or or true love or the co- like when I say things like the cosmos colliding because i don 't necessarily mean or the universe that's or very the popular universe right now. the right. universe wants
3: me to <laughs> that 's the universe talking right like we don't like when
2: we say these things and we try to clarify when we say them it 's not that we say or mean that there is some greater plan of throwing two people together and they you know we don't it's it's sort of a hard, intangible thing to define, but like yeah we have these algorithms that these the more intrinsic um, programs use that, that compute what they can compute. But then there's all, there's obviously the human factor and there's obviously the things that our bodies know about our, like the, just the smells that we like in people, which, you know the, the the mood that we're in on any given day. Like Ben and I have talked about, how if you're in a good mood and feeling confident, and you're dressed well, and the, especially in, for New Yorkers, like you know, we both showed up to the studio. Like I was breathless. Thank God, your single male listeners can't like see me right now. I'm feeling like a little overheated, and I not it actually feeling looks kind of good. Oh, I feel you. like
3: you're kind of like you know fresh you. and a little bit dewy, thank and like you. well, you I'm know, not feeling like put together. I felt I felt a lot more put you know, together
2: when I left my apartment. Energetic. I don't you know? Know, but you know, like, you know what I'm saying. Those like we feel like if, when it's raining and humid in New York, we do not feel our most attractive. So the, how you show up on a date definitely affects the kind of vibes that you're sending right. off. So the same person on paper can show up as two different people in real life, and all of those, all of those things contribute to you know what we sort of say is the great you know you know universal cosmic true love whatever thing like so that's that goes with a whole like it's a mess it's a gray it's a gray area out there and we just do we use the technology and our logic to do the best we can with what we've got
3: sounds like we should just go back to the magic eight ball yeah We are going to take a quick break right now to find out who our sponsors are because heritageradionetwork.org is a .org because we are a 501c3 nonprofit, which means we rely entirely on listeners like you, our partners and underwriters to donate the funds to keep the lights on and the radios on the airwaves. So let's take a break and find out who the amazing people are who are helping this show be on the air today.
1: Corin's unique store in Lower Manhattan is home to perhaps the most extensive collection of Japanese chef knives in the world, including Japan, plus the rarest natural sharpening stones and exquisitely designed tableware. They also host special events such as knife sharpening demonstrations and parties with New York's most famous chefs and restaurateurs. Corin is dedicated to this ideal. Bringing the implicit and elegance of Japanese culture to your table, be it in your home or in the finest restaurant. For more information, visit Corin.com.
3: Well, if you've just joined us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. And today that technology is very close to our hearts and close to home. We are talking about using your tech to date and find a mate with the amazing co-host of Love Bites Radio, which is also a show on Heritage Radio Network. They are on Mondays at 4 p.m. Jacqueline Raposo is in studio with us. She is a very uh, diversified sort of renaissance woman. She is a writer on many subjects, food, chefs, lifestyle, health. She's a radio host. She also has a very super organized, aggressive... Self promotion social media machine. If you like the sound <laughs> of her voice, check her out on Mondays at 4 p.m. You can also find her at wordsfoodart.com. At wordsfoodart is also where you'll find her on social media. So she's here today because I saw this really ridiculous listicle clickbait article titled Six Dating Apps for Foodies. And of course I clicked because I couldn't resist. And I thought it would be a great topic for a show about food tech. And the funny thing is is that there were about 6 there were 6 different apps and some of them were very ridiculous. One was called Burrito and it was matching you with another person based on your burrito preferences. But most of these 6 apps are not really even functioning anymore, which is part of the startup game. We've talked to a lot of founders of startup companies where You put something together, you get an app together, you throw it up, and you start to get traction in the media. You get publicity, you get downloads because you want to show that to potential investors as a proof of your concept. And then you go to the next stage to look for money to make it bigger and better. It looks like many of these didn't make it to the next stage, which, if you're talking about, you know, shopping for CSAs or, you know, making a dinner reservation, it's kind of okay. But when you're talking about perhaps setting up a real life encounter, you kind of want to use a service that's legit. So I turn it over to Jacqueline and I say, how do you navigate legitimate arenas to meet people? How do you navigate whether something's on the up and up? And quite frankly, sometimes all these things freak me out a little bit. The idea of just yeah dialing up something on an app even outside dating have someone come to your house to clean your apartment give you a massage there's that valet parking app now where somebody just shows up and you give them the keys to your car and they drive (laughs)
2: away as a woman it still confounds me that we get into other people's cars and let, let them drive us around um, I used Uber in the suburbs for the first time this weekend, and I was like, I'm driving like in the suburbs in somebody in some man's car, and that still sort of confounds me as a as a woman. But um, aside from that, what concerns me the most about dating apps and social apps are the ones that have you sign in via your Facebook profile, because I've tried so many, largely for the purpose of the show, these smaller dating apps, and when you sign in through Facebook, they're doing that so they can obviously access uh, have access to. Mostly, you are friends because a lot of them like Hinge and um Bumble, and I think Tinder too. They want to know what friends of yours are on. Facebook and something like Hinge is specifically created so that it's sort of like a third party like you are friends of your friends like you're meeting friends in within your social circle it's the idea of like you would meet friends at a cocktail party friends of friends but the thing is that allow that gives access to your birthday your home anything you have on Facebook
3: anything you have in Facebook right in your privacy settings including information that's pulled from other apps that you've accessed right Facebook so and your friend list
2: and anything that and, and with some of them too like the guest I have coming on Monday which is a different it's called Nanaya which is a different type of app it's not a dating app but it's another algorithm all of the data that's being pulled from Facebook is going into the algorithm to improve the algorithm which is the purpose of most of these they're pulling in f- Facebook data so the thing is if you sign into a new tiny little app I forget one that I did recently they're using your data and then half the time we don't go back into Facebook and and delete the app when we're done with it and so if you think about how many apps you might have signed in through Facebook and then if you never go back and delete them and think of how many times your friends have done that that to me is a safety precaution I get nervous about So the first step as far as online dating is I would say first just check your own Facebook privacy settings because most of these, a lot of them you can do just through your email. A lot of them you can't. You have to sign in through Facebook. So make sure your Facebook settings are strong. And then if you just try the app and it doesn't work... One of these, Supper, I downloaded and I was trying to just see for, t- for the sake of today to see what it looked like and I kept not being able to sign into the app and I thought it was a problem of this, the Facebook setting that I would, the permission I was not giving it so I kept trying and it still didn't work which was frustrating. Um, and then I looked and I think this might be a defunct app anyway. I couldn't quite tell but then I immediately deleted it because I don't want it to have access to right. my information and my friend's information without me
3: knowing. So to point about your Facebook settings and all the apps that you've authorized. I actually just recently went through all my Facebook settings, all of the apps. Likewise with Twitter because now you can sign in to many different kinds of accounts using Twitter and also your Gmail. So what hmm. people may not realize is anytime you use a different profile to sign into a new one, it does leave a trail. So I specifically was Um, decided to convert a free app into a paid one to sort of unlock some of the other things. And when I was about to do that, I recalled that I had created the account with Facebook, and then I didn't want that credit card information kind of then funneling into, potentially funneling into all these other accounts. I was like, you know what, before I do the credit card piece... I'm going to disconnect it from Facebook because I don't need it to work on Facebook. And while I'm there, I'm going to just go through everything. So it's not a bad idea every now and again to change your passwords and to go through your larger accounts like Facebook, like Twitter, and like Google or Gmail if you're using them to connect everything. And just go through and make sure that, you know, the tentacles of the social media web you know where they're going and, and where they are. So it's not a bad thing to do just in life generally if you're transacting money or trying to hook up. Another, another not, safety not precaution. Not at the same time, though. Right.
2: <laughs> while, you're, while you're hooking up your phone, your fingers are moving yeah. on your phone, protecting exactly. your, your online yeah. safety. Um, another safety precaution that I recommend to people with online dating, especially for women, and this is something that I didn't think about until... On my online dating profile, it does say, like, I'm the host of a radio show about relationships. And I'd say 80% of the time I get messaged something in the first message. is like, oh, what's your radio show? I'd love to listen to it. If I tell guys who I've never met before my, the name of my radio show, they see my name, they see my website, they see all my social media handles, they find my, you can easily find my, uh, my uh, email addresses, my several email addresses, and then I'm no longer feeling safe, Um, on several platforms, you can connect your Instagram on those Facebook, on those uh, apps that connect with Facebook specifically like hinge, you can see your mutual friends. So somebody can easily go back onto Facebook and search their friend to find you. So that, I mean, everybody's comfort level is different. Chances are bad things don't happen. I've never had an in real life problem, but I have had men online, This goes back to there's no common etiquette, and we talked about this actually last week on our show with a psychotherapist about the etiquette of saying things online we would never say in real life. I have had men wish violence on me in messages. I had one man ask God to have me raped and murdered like the bitch that I am. That happened in a message, and then we ended up on the show talking about me reporting it to OkCupid and the... The process of how that happens, what happens when a woman gets threatened online, and what you ha- and the online hoops you specifically have to in yeah.
3: an environment where you're supposed to be meeting people to potentially exactly, date, and it which was is different from just sort of general
2: right Twitter. And that man probably would not say. Maybe he would. Maybe I think the best in people. I have a feeling he wouldn't have said that to me in real life, but he said it online, and then I had to jump through hoops to find out what happened to him and what protocols were in place in this online community to not have that man having access to reaching out to women. So it's everybody's thrush, but but had I let him know the name of my radio show, had that been part of my profile, had my Instagram feed on OKCupid, Cupid, you can, people can see if you want your Instagram handle and your photos, he would have been able to find me when he eventually did get kicked off. OK Cupid, he would have been able to assume that it was me and he could have taken that abuse away from OK Cupid and onto other platforms. So that for me is like the first step of defense that I, recommend to other people too, is keep it, keep yourself within that platform until you meet the person in real life and decide you want to share further.
3: So that's great advice when you're inside these platforms. But as you mentioned earlier, you know, so many people are putting so much personal information out there on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, um, all those kinds of things. It's almost, I find, I've observed that people have this weird compartmentalization when it comes to their technology, specifically social media and digital technology, where one set of behavior for your social media and your digital tech at home in your personal life oftentimes doesn't translate into what you would do at work or at your job, people who are very savvy online suddenly walk into a restaurant and can't seem (laughs) to bring technology into the dining room, Yeah, or people who would be maybe very personal or private in person are posting all kinds of things online. So when you talk about level of expectation and the etiquette and it being a free-for-all, Do you think people have multiple personalities in life now in terms of online, real life, social, work? I think it's a
2: definite real struggle. We just talked about this on Monday, how I feel that as somebody who sort of juggles different parts of my work, you know, I write about other people. I write about chefs, I write about living with a chronic illness, which is a very personal side. I have the radio show where it's both about me and about other people. And then yeah, I run our social media feeds and I date online. And so I think a lot of us grapple with that and I think as far as online dating, the problem is like what we were saying earlier is that in one day you might feel one way about yourself and we're we're asked to define ourselves as human beings and to do it pretty quickly. On dating profiles, characters. yeah, like some a of picture. like some of these profile, like some of these apps, like I don't really use the swiping apps because I have several problems with them as which I could I could talk about ad nauseum as a woman as far as why the swiping apps I don't think are female friendly comparatively. Um, but I use generally, okay, Cupid is the one that I use, and you want to sort of put as much of your personality as possible, but you can't write too much, you know, because people don't read a lot, and you want it to be concise, and so defining yourself, like writing a strong, you know, witty bio that's not too witty, that's, you know, attractive, but not pushy, and that's humble, and that's encapsulating who you feel you are as a human being, and as a person you want to be, you know, to attract the kind of person you want to attract, I think is a really hard thing to do, and the problem is that so many of us... I've been on so many dates. Like I've been on, <laughs> I'm have been i 35 years old. I've been single since I was 28. And I've dated... I've had a couple of relationships in the past seven years. That I haven't been single that whole time. And I was not single until I was 28. So I feel like there was a lot of catching up I had to do. But other than a couple of six-month relationships here and there... And especially... like One of the purposes of us having this radio show is to push ourselves to date. So let's just say in the last year, I have been on so many dates... And expectation versus reality is just par for the course as far as like 90 some odd percent of the time. The person you meet is not necessarily going to be the sum of the parts that you sort of imagine From the words that they've put on the page and the pictures they've provided and the banter you've had via text. You know, you can tell everybody Everybody who dates online is like, yeah, I can tell them the first couple of seconds whether we're really going to hit it wow. off. Wow, First yeah. couple of seconds. Yeah, you walk into a room and just body language the way you speak the way you smell the way you're dressed like wow yeah it's hard and and that can change that definitely can change but like that seems so limiting to me it it, it feels
3: limiting and it's i mean this show is 45 minutes and we take the first 10 minutes to talk about apps and things like that a because it's informative and useful and it's things people like to hear because they learn something new and maybe it's something they can use in their day-to-day life. Right. But it's also a, an icebreaking mechanism for people. I mean, you're on the radio all the time, so you're very at ease in the, in the chair and on the mic, but it's also just a mechanism to find out what people are interested in and what they do and get to know their personality a little Mm. bit and get them very comfortable talking about something very simple. And that takes 10 or 15 minutes. Um, and that's for something that's very focused. I can't imagine making a life choice about a person <laughs> you know, after 140 characters, a photo and
2: two well, minutes. Because the thing
3: is, it's sort of like the tech is the icebreaker.
2: And you know that once you meet in person that you've got a direct goal between you.
3: So you have to get hit by that lightning bolt of like, oh my God, this is it. By the
2: time you meet, it's like, by the time you meet, it's like, are we attracted to each other? And can we immediately sort of bump into like the flirty type of energy that we have had enough online, you know, like you have, you've already seen enough online to want to meet the person, you know, in the flesh, right? Like that, the icebreaker happens online, but you know, in real life, if you meet somebody on a street corner or in a bar or in a restaurant or at work, the, the goal is ambiguous. You know, like you're meeting them just as another human being. If you're meeting somebody on a first date for a drink or for dinner, which dinner doesn't really happen much on first dates anymore. It's usually a drink or coffee. The the goal is set. So it's like, all right, am I am I attracted to you? And are you attracted to me? And do we have enough to talk about for the 45 minutes or that may go into a couple hours if we like each other. And then can we keep that up a couple of dates? And so if it's there from the beginning, then your chances are better that it'll be there on dates two, three, and four. But when Ben and I have like experimented trying to date somebody that we didn't feel that with from the beginning, it didn't really happen. Versus in, real, in other non-digital platform worlds, where we've met somebody in real life and a friendship has formed over time and then started dating them. We've heard the same story from a lot of people. Like, you know, you're friends with somebody for a while, you develop a deep relationship that shifts into romance. Right. You know, it's just it's a different it's a completely different scenario of how we start to value other human beings and their roles in our lives. When you when you start dating online, you know what you want that role to be from the beginning.
3: And we want immediate gratification. Totally. I mean, everything, you know, Uber, Netflix, Amazon, yeah. it's all click click seamless. Yeah, we're impatient. Get it, get it to my couch immediately. Yeah,
2: and especially like we our show focuses on like the 3040 New Yorker range. It's also a lot about attraction and sex, too.
3: Yeah. Even if it's even that. if
2: like the relationships are our goal and I and as the woman on the show, I try to speak very openly about that being okay for women, too, that you can want a relationship and sex at the same time. And sometimes you can want them in one person. Sometimes you can be like, Oh, I'd like to, you know, on paper, I want question. this. I was going to do my question. Oh uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> same person,
2: different people. Yeah. It could be in the same person different, or you could like meet apps. in real life and different be
3: like meeting apps. Yeah. Or it could yeah. be
2: like, Oh, I'm meeting this person. I hope to a relationship. Then you'd be like, no, I don't know about the relationship, but I'd still like to sleep with them, you know? And there that's okay too. Yeah.
3: Well, you know, I mean, how, how many years has it been since sex in the city already? People come <sighs> on. Yeah. Like, women have libidos right it's a thing and it's okay yep that's good just deal with it and move on yes deal with it and swipe right yes there you go we are totally out of time which is disappointing because we have so much more to talk about there's we could talk about this and you do talk about this all the time (laughs) which is why there's a show i have one thing to throw at you just as a thought. when you're talking about packaging your personality in these little snippets of digital media, you know, it's words and pictures, different things like that. It brings to mind the wacky video dating trend in the 80s where you would yes. go to video dating companies and you would have a video actually with a video camera that went on to videotape. Right. And so they would get a VHS with and a you bunch like a of like on it. And then people would go and you could look at actual videos. I'm surprised that sort of doesn't so, exist now. Well, I'm wondering if it's not, if it doesn't already, on terms of social media and Facebook and all of, you know, Instagram and Snapchat, video and video snippets and the 30-second, the 40-second video, the video recipe, Periscope, live stream, right. everything is video-oriented now. So... I'm assuming, like everything else, online dating follows the trends. Right. You know, Snapchat and Instagram stories are all video. I'm going to have to look into that because I don't do the video thing or the Snapchat or
2: the Instagram stories thing. So I'm going to have to do a video
3: profile, but it also might be a fun uh, episode to do. I might make Like video dating (laughs) from back in the day. Right. Old Betamax video dating to video dating now, which is. Potentially, I sort of really want to find some of those old videos. I, I met, you know, the women with the big shoulder yeah. pads. It's very, you know, the, men the, in turtle and then the skinny ties, yeah. like a lot of mullets, yeah. the giant uh, shoe size cell phones. <laughs> you know, it's all sort of Wall Street, Bright Lights, Big City, Breakfast Clubby area era. It's all from from that period of time. It has to exist and we shall find it. Yeah. At least I'm sure there's some online video that's really classic. Yeah. So I want to thank uh, Jacqueline Raposo, co-host of Love Bites Radio, which is on Heritage Radio Network on Mondays at 4 p.m. She does the show with her co-host, Ben Rosenblatt. It's a really great show. There's a lot of good episodes and useful pieces of advice for dating life, but I think also just because living your life online in all these digital arenas, there's also some just good advice for navigating that, whether you're dating or looking for a job or just being social. You can find her at wordsfoodart.com. All her social media handles are at wordsfoodart. If you want to find us, Tech we're at techbyteshrn on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. You can find us on iTunes where you can subscribe and leave us an amazing five-star review because you love us and we love you. And you can also find us on Stitcher Radio. If you like this show, come back and see us next week, Thursday at 11 a.m. I'm Jennifer Leizzi and this is Tech Bytes.